enter contests, like enter writing contests, enter, like put your work out there because, you know, a lot of people will say it's too competitive. It's like, oh no, those contests are rigged or you have to know, and I, that's just not true. I mean, I, I think there is a volume and great scripts can slip through, but I think if you submit the same script to seven contests and like, even if you place like fifth or 15th, like you're, you know, you're going to know that like, oh, okay, there's something to this script. There's something, my work is getting to this place. And if you don't, and I had scripts that I would enter and stuff, then your work, that, that script's not ready or your work's not ready. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 65. I'm Elise Sievert. And I'm Leslie Shannon. Today, we are talking to writer Holly Overton. We discuss writing from novels to TV, entering into writing contests, and mothers mothers always always know best. I went for work last summer, um, and my husband works in the Hamptons in the summers, and so I went for like like five days in the city, and then I went out to the Hamptons, and in the city, like a friend was staying with me. I'd gotten a hotel, and like I had all these plans to like go everywhere, and then I was like, I had a deadline. I was like, do you just want to stay here around the hotel? And like, you know, yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's so love it. It's so much. Well, it's also that like the thing that you forget, I think, when you leave or when you go somewhere else, is that you're commute time like is spent surrounded by other people so you never have any just like time to yourself when you're going back and forth and like it is great that you can sit and read a book or like if if you have like an audition or whatever and you want to read through sides or answer emails or whatever that part is great but you also always have people in your space and so I feel like you have to find a really great place that you love to go home to so that you feel like you have like a safe bubble haven where you're not being accosted by people all (laughs) the time. I know. Literally or figuratively. I'll take some cabs while I'm here. (laughs) Maybe some Ubers. (laughs) Just for some quiet time. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we're so excited to have you on. And I love your journey of like, Actor to writer to novel writer. It's like <laughs> so, so interesting. Well, I wish I could say I had a plan, but <laughs> no, it's awesome. I kind of yeah. love how on- when people are honest about the fact that they didn't have a plan um, yeah. in the sense of like they kind of just went along for the journey because I think it's so easy to get stuck in the this is my plan yeah. and then you're not open to what life's throwing at you. Yeah. Or you think you see somebody that you admire and you think you need to do right what they're what doing. They're doing to get to where they are, and there's just so many different. I feel paths. so much of what my career is is based on failure. So <laughs> I'll talk about that. Like no, I didn't succeed at that. What's next? Like that's that's, uh, that's like such a good way to look at yeah. Because and then I'm so grateful because it's like I love what I do. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I was also noticing, so like, yes, you went through this whole, this, this journey, actor, right, like TV writer and producer, and then moving into novels. But I also noticed that your novels, they came out pretty close to each other in the scheme of novel world. How in the hell did you do that? It's just not sleeping. (laughs) I mean, it was really like, like, I mean, the first one took so long to write and they're like, oh, you can write a book a year, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then like kind of not like, which I did, but kind of, and now it's like, now like my next one comes out this summer and it was, it was like three years. It was like two years because like at the time, like I just got lucky that I had big breaks in between seasons. Like, oh, your hiatus is four months on this and your, oh, your hiatus is eight months on this. And so, but yeah, it's, it's, I was like, it's not going to be a book a year. Like <laughs> as much as they would like me to write one, it will be maybe two, every two years. I know also writing like, cause in TV land, they're like a new show, a new pilot a year at, at least. Like if, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, well, I wasn't. And then I like, I wrote like an original, yeah, I wrote an original, like I hadn't like, I'd been on like a show and then I wrote like you know, three or four episodes. And then I'd written like, you know, then I'd written the two books and then like I had a staffing season and I didn't, I never staff on network, but I went out for network staffing and they were like, my manager's like, Oh, you didn't, you know, not, not a great season, but you didn't have a new pilot. And I was like, I wrote like two books and four episodes of television and a movie. And she was like, yeah, but we need a new spec. So like now I, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying, but like, I should be right. Like my, my spec is like over a year and a half old. And I just like, between the books and yeah. and I'm also developing you know like yeah. I've been pitching a show with Sony so like I was like when would you have time when would I even exactly. have time exactly so exactly it's like balance of it 
of yeah. it all. Um, what would you, so for, for our listeners that are actors that are transitioning into more filmmakers, mm-hmm. um, especially writers, like what helped you make that transition from actor to writer? Well, I think, I mean, well, when I moved out, I'd, I'd been in New York, you know, trying to act and, you know, and I'd started writing and came out here and, um, was taking acting classes and loved it, but was really like kind of creatively frustrated, like, you know, not getting like either, you know, getting auditions and then not booking or not getting auditions. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a class. Well, actually I decided I'm big on contests. And so I decided I'd like written a short film and right before I moved out to New York and then I'd been reworking on it. And then I just happened to see like back in the backstage days, um, uh, I had backstage and this screenwriter was, was having this contest to raise money for his hometown library. He's a writer by the name of Steven Susco. And I just give him a shout out. Cause he's like, he was, it was so amazing. And he was really instrumental into like saying like, Oh, you have talent. So, um, he picked three writers, um, based on this contest to mentor for a year. And he was just so complimentary. And then I like made a short film out of this short that, and he helped me with write a fundraising letter. So I had like some legitimacy of like a real Hollywood producer thinks she's, this is something. And I made that. And then he was the one who said like, I'd been, he read all these other scripts that I wrote that were pretty terrible, but, um, and gave me notes on them. (laughs) Like I was honest about that, you know, looking back, they were terrible, but he was the one who was like, you should write for television. Like you have this really like, like even back then I was writing features that were like, you know, serious dramas that are hard to get made now were hard then and are even harder now. And, uh, he's like, but you've got this like, you know, like very like, like episodic sort of style to your work. And, um, and so I was like, cool, let's, uh, let me take a class. And I took a class at UCLA extension and, um, Bruce Miller, who, uh, created The Handmaid's Tale was my first TV writing instructor. And what? I know, I was like so lucky. <laughs> what? Like, that is and insane. Not only was he like an incredible teacher, but he made the class super fun. And I met some great people in that class, like people I still am friends with today and wrote my first script in that. And I and, and the way I got my first job was I entered that script in a, in a fellowship and I got into the Warner Brothers Fellowship. So I'm, yeah, you will hear me always say to people, enter contests, like enter writing contests, enter... Like, put your work out there because, you know, a lot of people will say it's too competitive. It's like, oh, no, those contests are rigged or you have to know. And I, that's just not true. I mean, I, I think there is a volume and great scripts can slip through. But I think if you submit the same script to seven contests and, like, even if you place, like, fifth or 15th, like, you're, you know, you're going to know that, like, oh, okay, there's something to this script. There's something my work is getting to this place. And if you don't... And I had scripts that I would enter and stuff. Then your work that that script's not ready, or your work's not ready. Yeah. Where do you recommend people finding those contests? Because you know, I feel like my writer friends know about the fellowships, but not everyone knows. It's true. It's true. Um, there's a there's a there's a great writers resource that I love. It's called Dundeal Pro, and it's um it's a paid subscription, but it's twenty eight dollars a year or something like that. Super cheap, and it it's a great resource for a lot of reasons, but it lists all the writing contests. Um, it lists a lot, most of the, you know, the ones that I would recommend and there's not, you know, a ton, but there's definitely some good ones. Um, but it also lists agents and managers. Um, it has like a message board it lists, which I love. Um, and I still look at because it lists everything that's sold like features and TV. It lists who the agents are, who the lawyers are, who the, you know, whether it's based on a book or original material, like it's just, it's really, it's, it's more of a resource than even like deadline or variety or Hollywood reporter. Cause it really lays that out. And you know, when you see like deadline announced, like, you know, so-and-so sold, like they're not announcing everything that's been sold. So you really get to see like what's being made and like what's in the, so I really like that, but it also lists all the contests. And so it's just a really, um, really good read. And it has a message board. So there's always questions that you like, you can go and you're like, oh, I have a question about representation or I have a question about contests and there's like loads of message boards. So I think it's a really good resource whether you're just starting out or you've been doing it for a while. That sounds great, especially because sometimes when a script gets sold, it never gets made. Exactly. And so it's, and it's great. Like sometimes I'll be like, I'll be looking at the list. I'll be like, oh, so-and-so sold it. Like I would, and you know, I would have, they're not going to like, you know, publicize it, but then I can email someone and say, hey, I heard you sold the show. Congratulations. Or even just tracking like, 
you know, like I saw someone sold a show and a friend of mine was like going to write an idea about it. And I was like, well, just so you know, the show just sold to like, you know, and it's got a big star attached. So maybe not spend the next four months working on this. Yeah. But what a, what an amazing resource though, too, like being able to see also like which agencies, which places tend to pick up particular styles and, and genre, like what an amazing research tool to help you, like you said too, to keep you from spending time on something that may have already been picked up or, or also to help guide you through like, Hey, I really need, I really need an agent for this. or I really need someone to help me with this. You can see who has a tendency to, uh, to collaborate with whom. Right. Well, and you know, it's a great, it's even like managers that are attached and then you're like, Oh, this manager sells, you know, indie dramas and I'm an indie drama writer. I'm going to try to target that manager or target that agent. So I just think it's such a, such a good resource when you're trying to figure, you know, cause there's, I feel like so many times, like it's the lack of information that makes us feel powerless as, you know, creators and writers. And so anything I like, people will be like, Oh, you know, so many names, and you know, the players. And I'm like, but yeah, because like, you know, and I still, and I still feel like there's a lot of things I don't know. Cause I'm not like, you know, super connected. I just, you know, have my network of people. Um, so it does, it does allow you to arm yourself about what's out there and what's going on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is so important that you're right. It's, I feel like so much of this industry, and maybe this is just my own feeling, uh, that there's a part of it that makes you want to feel powerless. And so the more that you can take a hold of that, uh, of saying like, no, no, I have control and I have agency in my career, the the better. Well, and I think, you know, what this, um, and, you know, I, I think it's really unfortunate, but the, the current issue between the writers and the ATA and having to fire our agents and um, has really proven that, you know, like the, the narrative was before it happened and right after, like, it's all going to fall apart and writers, you know, writers are going to be like, you know, on the streets, like, you know, begging for jobs and what it's proven. And I've, I've experienced it at least five times since this happened. And it hasn't even been going on that long of people reaching out to me saying, are you working? I know of a job. Do you know anybody? Do you know any upper level women? Do you know any, like really, I mean, putting the power back in the writer's hands, which I think for so long we've had it like, oh, they're not hiring that level. Oh, nobody's looking. Oh, we submitted you for five. And you know, whether you knew they did or not. And, um, and I'm with an agent. I was with an agency for a long time that I was not happy with. I was very unhappy. And, um, and now, you know, I did until we all had to fire our agents really, really love them and think they worked really hard to create opportunities for me. And I'm hoping it's resolved and I'll get to go back and that relationship will continue. But I do think it's proven that, you know, writers will still work and get hired and, and create with or without the system that was set up before. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like looking through my notes here. Just to comment on that, it's so interesting how the power gets taken away from creatives, like writers and actors, like sometimes those gatekeepers, you know, whether it's the agencies or the casting directors or the networks or whoever it is, you know, distribution. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, it just goes back to what we were just saying about knowledge is power and, you know, well, and I think that this has taught us all that, you know, the idea that like, oh, you're not having a good staffing season because of X and whatever, whatever reason that was, or you're, you know, oh, there's just not a lot of jobs out there right now, which is something that I'd heard before. And I'm like, that's, you know, that's not true. Um, no, that's not true. Cause there's so many shows. Yeah. But you know, that's the, you know, then that's the line and you know, you, it's not like you can be like, well, that's not true to your representation when like, they're the people that need to be on your side um, getting you work. So, you know, it is that power dynamic and that balance. And especially, I mean, I know it's the same way with age, you know, with acting, but I really feel like in writing in the, in the, in the, in the past few years, especially with the, like the boom of peak TV and stuff, the agents and the packaging and all of that, like just got more and more power. And I found, I felt as my career went on more and more powerless, but so many of the jobs that I was getting, um, in the last four years, it was either my manager who I've been with for, you know, almost 10 years or my, or myself and my relationships with other, you know, with other people that I've worked with. So it's exciting to kind of, it was like, you know, it was a little scary to see what's, what's happened, but it's been exciting to sort of see the positive benefit and how it's going to change. Great. So, um, you transitioned from being an actor into writing. Um, what was it about 
like, first of all, what was that journey like for your transition? And what is it about writing that, that drew you in so much? It's interesting because, you know, when I was younger, my mother was like, always like, she's, she's passed away, but she used to be like, you're going to be a writer. You're going to be a writer. But when my sister and I were, yeah, yeah, she was always like, (laughs) so when I was younger, you know, I really wanted to be an actor. And like, she was the one, like, she was a nurse in our hometown, small town in Texas and ended up like, she would go to people's homes and care for them and ended up treating like one of her patients was a woman whose son taught theater at the local college in my town. And so Heather, my sister, my twin sister, Heather and I like ended up doing theater and that's like how we found it. And we were really shy kids, but loved it. And so theater and acting and doing plays and, you know, all of that just like dominated our lives. And, you know, from the time we were young, oh, we're going to go to theater school. We're going to be actresses. But I had always been writing and like I, my mother had taken me a shopping one day and like was like, you get to pick, we were very poor. She's like, you get to pick out one thing at this like giant shopping mall, you know, like an outlet mall um, in, in Texas. And I bought this like journal, this like, you know, like floral color journal. And she was like, are you sure? Cause like we've gotten stuff like this and never used it. And it's just like, it's the one thing you get to buy. And I was like, no, no. And I filled that journal up and then every three to six months, I'd get a new one. I'd always get a new journal for Christmas. And I just have like, you know, probably 50, like from like, you know, from the time I was like, you know, whatever, seven or eight then to like 25 when I journaled. And so she was, so I was always writing. I was on, you know, I was on the newspaper, you know, I wrote for the newspaper, I wrote for the yearbook. Um, I won a state award for like news writing and, and, but I like knew that acting was what I wanted to do. And so then, but then when I got to New York, I just, you know, like, I mean, anybody, you know, everybody that's like done both, like both acting and writing, I just really felt like a little powerless. And so I would write, but I would never show it to anyone. And then when I moved out here and I got into, you know, I started like, you know, kind of showing my stuff and winning contests. And, and it was like a very interesting sort of transition because acting to me was so much my identity. Like it was like, oh, I want to be an actress. And my whole life was like planning for an audition or sending out headshots and reading the breakdowns and taking acting classes and doing that whole thing. And so it kind of happened because I got into the Warner Brothers workshop literally while I was still taking acting classes and like I was like, oh my God, but like, how do I do both? And of course, don't tell anyone you want to do both because, and um, that wouldn't happen. Um, no, nobody gets to do both. Like you have to, <laughs> well, you know, cause that's what they also like to tell us. Yeah, and then you see, right? you know, then you see plenty of people who yeah, like insist like Mindy both. Kaling or, you know, like uh, what's like um, the woman that does Fleabat, you know, all of these people who, um, and so, but I was like, you know what, I'll just focus on writing. And then honestly, it just, it took over in a way, in such a great way that like, I remember I'd been staffed and then I wasn't, and then the show ended and I was like really frustrated and I had to get new representation for writing. Um, but I had this great acting manager and she's getting me a lot of auditions. And I remember like, it was like, it was like a great day. Cause it was like, I had like an audition for, I think it was Mad Men. It was a terrible audition, but I auditioned for Mad Men and, and then I had like two general meetings for writing. And so like, I'm like in the car in my like, you know, writer outfit and then changing into, and, but I remember like feeling like annoyed about the acting audition when I should have felt excited about it. And I, I was just like, and then, and then even then I had like, my manager got me like a pilot audition and I had like, like I tested for series regular and it was all so exciting, but it was like, I almost was like, this isn't, I don't know if this is, and I didn't even realize it then that this isn't what I wanted. And then, um, I staffed and like did two seasons on another show as a writer and then that ended and that same manager was like cool let's we'll start up again and I'll send you out and I remember like going to an audition and you know like it's the hair and the make it's not even the audition right it's the it's the prep for it and the anxiety and the nerves that are just to me different than I ever feel when I write and I remember it was like for some kids tv and by this time I'm like auditioning to play someone's mom and um and I'm like like you know a little kid's mom and I'm like and I ran into a friend there and, and I literally left that audition and I was like I don't want to do this anymore and I emailed my manager and I was like I don't think I I don't think I want you to send me a-. I was also like I don't want to be here and I'm taking the slot from someone who does and it's also taking me time away from the stories I want to tell mm-hmm. and I just realized like being a writer I have so much more control and so much more like power and I didn't have to worry about like, you know, my weight and how I looked and all of those other things that you have to worry about as a woman and as an actress. And like, and it was so freeing. Like I thought I was like, so like, I didn't, I like mourned it early on, like, oh my God, the end of this and what will it will be. 
And even now when people say like, oh, you could write yourself apart. Like, oh, you could like cast your, I'm like, no, if you said you can play this role, I would be like, I'm okay though. Like I'll stay <laughs> behind the scenes. Like I really have zero interest in that. So it's yeah. pretty, it's, it's a, it's a very freeing thing. Like it like acting led me to discovering what I was meant to do. And, and, and it also informs everything I do as a writer, the way I put, like, I'm always the person who's like, well, what does this character want? What does this character do? You know, all the things that I studied for years and like even character preparation I bring into my work. I think it also helps writing dialogue because if you're an actor, you've had to perform scripts that you don't really you're like this Love. is not yeah this, this people not. don't speak like yeah that. and so there's a, there's this like freedom of like would I you know want to say these words as an actor you know in the dialogue it, I don't know there's like this I feel like when I'm writing there's this like trigger where I'm like no no actor would want to yeah say. and I think and I do and I've noticed sometimes when I've worked with people who weren't like their dialogue could be good but it's people would always say like oh I love your dialogue it feels so natural or it feels and you know and, and I think like that's not something I luckily had to even work on and that was one of the, you know, the structure and all of that was things that I had to learn and really work on the craft of. But dialogue always came naturally. And I think it is because of that background. And all those scripts you yeah. had to read yeah. and dissect and plays and scripts. Exactly. And yeah. Um, so what what made you decide one day to be like, I'm going to write a novel? Because that's, <laughs> I feel like I mean, that's anyone, a big decision. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, was I mean, like, even people that studied writing in college to be novel writers sometimes. Never finish a yeah, novel. Yeah, exactly. And you have, what, three now? I, my third, yeah, I will be. I just, I'm finishing the pitch, too, for my fourth one. So, so oh, I'm excited about it. But, um, yeah, you know, I, it wasn't, like, I always wanted to write it. Like, I, like, if I went back and read those journals, it would be like, I'm going to publish a novel by the time I'm 25. And, like, that's cute, <laughs> right? Like, that was not, like... <laughs> Like, and I wrote one when I was like, I like always say like, I was like, I must've been like nine or 10. And we would, I like wrote this like terrible, like it was still a like thriller, like, and I was like 10 and it was like about this woman who was murdered in Hollywood. I mean, it was crazy. And I would read it on like card trips. Like it'd be like, I have new pages, like on these card trips, it's like hysterical. And I would keep it in a black, like in a like trash bag and like read. And then like one day I was just like, this is terrible. And I like destroyed it. I threw it away. My mother was like furious. So was my teacher. Like, so it, you know, it was gone. And as I got older, like I love to read, I read so much and I'm like, I'm a speed reader. So I can read like a book in an app. Like I can read a book in a day. And so like, I just was like, this is too, like, this is too precious. Like books are too good and I'm not good enough. And so when, so like I'd, I'd never really even thought about it. And so then I was on, I was writing for the TV show, The Client List. I'd been on two seasons of that. It got canceled and I really struggled to get my next paying job. I was, I had a pilot in development, um, but for anyone who's had an if come deal, um, you know, you're, you're pitching, you're doing all of this work, but you're not getting paid. If, if you sell it to a network, you will get paid, but you're, you're doing all this work and you're not getting paid. And I was like going on staffing meetings and a lot of generals and just kind of not, just not getting anywhere. And, you know, then obviously having to do like script reading and, and teach and, you know, all these other like survival jobs to actually make money. And I was just, I remember like, I'd been having a conversation like, Oh, your writing is this, or your writing is that. And I was just like, I just miss writing. And so I had this idea like I had been watching a lot of the news and the story about Ariel Castro and the three women he'd held captive had, had just broken. And I just kept thinking like about like the girls coming back, right? Like coming home and my twin sister and I are so close. I just was like, God, I don't even know what my life would be like if she was gone at 16 and came home, like how it would make each of us different. And, um, who would actually be like worse off, like the person that was gone or the person that was left behind. And so I like, I don't even know, I say two weeks, but it was like a fugue state. So I wrote like 90 pages of just this thing. And I had no idea what it was. I was just like, it's, I don't think it's a feature, but it's definitely not a TV show. And, and my sister was like, we well, should take a novel class. Like you love UCLA extension. You've taken classes there. You should just go. And I found like an advanced novel writing class that was like 12 weeks, you know, you like sign up and, uh, and like, and it was, you know, you just had to have 50 pages. Ended up being the greatest thing I ever did because the teacher is a writer named Eduardo Santiago. He's published two novels and he was 
the class was like, I mean, the class was not my favorite class as far as like, just I'd been in, I was used to screenwriting classes and TV writing classes where people are collaborative. And as the instructor, you're like, well, I don't really know what the story is. I'm like having struggles with, and like, they'd be like, I'm not changing that. You know, like it was a very like kind of hostile environment, but he was amazing. And he was so complimentary. He was like, I think you have something really special here. And let's just, so when the class ended, um, he was like, if you, I work privately with people, if you still want to like send me pages and I'll help you. And, um, we did that and we reached the place where I think I had 40 pages left and, or 50 maybe. And I was getting married and I was like broke and like, you know, like spending like all my, my, you know, my husband's supporting us and, um, and I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to like keep working with you this like, but you know, after the wedding and, and he was like, honestly, nobody ever finishes a book. I don't even care about the money. Just Aww. like, you can pay me when you get a television job. Like, let's just finish it. Like, let's just do this. And yeah. I was like, okay. And him saying that really motivated me to like sit down and keep, you know, cause this was like, I mean, this wasn't anything that even my, I didn't even tell my reps that I was writing it. It was just this like secret project that I, I, you know, I'd tell a few of my friends, Oh, I'm going to go home and work on my novel. And, um, and it was like, it was the best thing I did. And so then I finished it and I was like, now what, you know, cause like most people research. And so, I um, was with a, you know I was with a big agency who had a lit de- who I'm well, I'm still with them for books who had a lit department and I, I was like I wrote a book and they were like the TV department and they were like I'm sorry what I'm sorry what'd you say it's like you know a book it has pages you turn them and they were just so not initially like not impressed like I was like I don't know why I stayed with this agency for so long but they were like um, and uh, but they were like okay, fine. We'll, we'll pass it along to New York. Like whatever. Like, yeah. well, um, and then they like called me the next, like, that was like a Friday. And then the Monday they called me and they were like, so, um, she really liked it. And I was like, why are you guys so surprised? Why do you guys rep me? Like, you're so like, I don't think you actually like my work. Um, but she's still my agent now. And she was like, and so she, but you know, it wasn't as simple as like, she was like, great, let's publish it. She was like, you know, it's, it's good. She was like, have you heard of room? And I was like, of course I've heard of room. It's a very different book from that, but because you know, I'm a woman and it's about women, you know, that's kind of like they, some one person told that story, but we have 8 million stories about, you know, world war two. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and like, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely like a double standard, but I was like, yes, I know. But like, if you keep reading the book, you'll see that it's, you know, cause she only read three chapters. And so she loved it, but she's like, I have some notes and they were so smart. They took me way longer than they should have to do, do, but I was getting married. And, um, and so finally I finished it and I sent it to her and I, I'd gotten, I'd, I had, I'd entered it in a contest, which again, I'm a big believer in contests. And it was like, a, it's an amazing contest called the Bath Novel Award. Um, a lot of novel writing contests are, um, there's not a lot of them that are great. That'll really get you attention or get you repped or read. This one has been going for like, I think like four, I was early days when I entered, but four or five years. But the woman that runs it, Carolyn, um, is just so wonderful. And I kind of used that as a way, like, like, I'm sure my agent would have eventually gotten around to, you know, reading the new chap. Cause I did a big rewrite with all her notes. Um, but I was like, I always think you it's, it's helpful if you have that thing to say like, Oh, for any, any writer, right. Even an actor, right. Like, Oh, Hey, I got like recognized by something. And so I was like, Oh, you know, if I, if I'm, if I'm named a semifinalist, um, or finalist, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to reach out and just like give her a nudge, you know, like, Hey, it's been a few weeks. And so I was, and I got to use that. And she's like, oh, that's great. And then she read it. And she was like, I absolutely love it. I want to take it out. And so we, it was just like one of those like charmed kind of experiences that I probably will never have in my, in my you know, I mean, knock wood. But um, <laughs> like where, you know, she was like, we want to take it out. And then um, the same day that we got like our my big UK offer. Like I found out I was a finalist in the contest, oh my gosh. like the top four. And I was like, and I like, you couldn't have a book deal for the contest. So I like emailed them and I was like, so like, you know, like that email came in at like five and then like, cause it's all New York and London. And then like my agents like, can you talk? Like we have an offer. Um, and so it was just like one of them. I mean, it's even with all the cre- screenwriting stuff, like that was still the most exciting thing. Cause it's just me. It's my thing that I spent that nobody knew about that. Nobody even cared if I did. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then like, and then we, you know, like I got an offer from Germany and the U S and so we sold in like 11 countries. So 
it was one of those things too, where like when people were like, I remember a writer I worked with, a screenwriter I worked with once was like, I only pay when I don't write, I only write when they pay me to. And I was just like, it made me so sad. Like, which this business can do to people, right? Like I want to get paid. Um, you're not going to make what you make in, t- in writing novels that you make in TV unless, you know, you're obviously way more established, but it's such a sense of fulfillment. And so that's what the, that's what novel writing gives me. Like even like, you know, on a show, even a show you love, you're not in charge. You don't get to decide. And so with books, that's what I get. So it was great. I wish I could say like the rest of writing novels has been so easy, but it's definitely been like a lot more challenging, just like the creative process and like, you know what I mean? Like writing under deadlines that are really intense like that. But, um, I'll, I still keep, I mean, I'm still like, okay, what's my next novel? Even though it's hard to juggle it all. Cause I do love it. I feel like well, it's, it's kind of like an addition. creating a portfolio too. Exactly. You know? And you, you do write scripts so you could take any of these novels, right? Yes. Turn them, have you thought about doing that? You know, everybody asks about adapting your own work and I'm a hundred percent like, absolutely. And like I've, I wrote for my first baby doll, I wrote a feature and then it died. I had, a, you know, I had produ- big producers attached and then it died. And then, um, I had TV producers attached and then that died. And so, um, I don't really focus on making that a reality because part of me feels like I, d- if someone comes to me and is super excited and says, I see this, I have a vision for this like my new book is like, like, like someone recently read it and was like, I feel like you wrote it so it could be on TV. And I was like, maybe, um, I would love for that to happen, but I've told that story. And so like, I feel, I feel great. Like if someone does and wants to do it, but I don't want anyone lukewarm about it. Like, Oh, we could, we could, what about this? You know what I mean? Like I want like passion. Let's make this a show. Let's Mm -hmm. make this a movie. And, um, because like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, your first book. And I'm like, I did that. Like, you know, I want, I have so many ideas and stories I want to tell. So, but it would be great. Like, I mean, you know, like if Reese Witherspoon comes calling, I'm not turning her down, you know? I mean, she does have a production company that does exactly that. Exactly. Film, so. I know. Everybody's like, why don't you get with her? And I'm like, it doesn't really work like that. Like, <laughs> people think it's so much easier to, like, get a novel optioned. And, I like, mean, yeah. And also, you know, the thing about, like, what she does is great. But, you know, let's say she opts in, options, you know... T- four novels a month, how many of those are actually going to get made? And so I think there is that thing of like, yes, it's so exciting and, and it helps book sales. I mean, that obviously would be great because it really helps book sales and gets you no- noticed. But a lot of times when it gets optioned, it may never get made. So I, I don't focus too much on that because I think like for me, it's just like what's I'm always I'm always about what's next. Yeah. What is your discipline with writing? Like, do you have a certain yeah. time of the day? I was going to ask do that you, too. Uh, like, I'm, I'm like, I wish I could say I was like, so like, well, I mean, do you, do you set like, do you, I mean, do you guys I, write? I do really well with deadlines, but I have this like witching hour of either like late at night or early in the morning. I'm a late at and night. I don't know. Someone's like, maybe it's because your brain is like in the like dream like going into the dream uh, yeah. lights stage but that's when my best writing comes out <laughs> I feel the same way though so it's so I don't have like I I and I also find like for me if I have an outline then I can like whip out pages like well add it's crazy it's so. interesting because I don't outline when I write novels which is really not advised but um <laughs> But, uh, but it's, you know, I find it more fun for me, like, and that's what novel writing was like, there's not as much structure and I like that, but, um, and I very carefully outline when I write scripts. And so I wished I could say that like, oh, I like, you know, I get up in the mornings and I write for a few hours, but I don't. And like, even when I'm not like, I mean, when I'm on a show, I write within the pram, you know, usually, um, I've gotten better about writing in the office or, you know, writing at home during the day, but my, when I'm off, if I'm developing or I'm, I'm writing books, I mean, I will, I'll get up and I'll be like, oh, I have to write today. But then I kind of like, I might get like an hour done in the day, but then I'll be like, oh, I have to answer emails or do like mark business, like whatever business stuff you have to do. Oh, I'll take the dog for a walk. Oh, now I've got to make dinner for me and my husband. And so really it's like nine o'clock when I sit down and I'll work from like nine to one or nine to two or nine to four if I'm like in a, in a zone. Um, it's not like that. I, I don't think it's ideal lifestyle wise, but I just love working at nights. My mom was a real night owl. I grew up like staying up later than I should. And I just find myself, it's also the rest of the world is asleep. You 
know what I mean? So there's no distractions. There's no new messages. There's no new phone calls. So you're, it's really just you. So I, I, I sometimes like want to, I like, I rented an office for a while and I would be like, I would like, you know, go in and like when I, you know, like, like workspace and then like, I just like let it fade because I was like, Oh, I just want to stay home and like be in my yoga pants. Yeah. I also like weirdly write better in bed too. Like, oh, like instead of at my desk. I sit on the couch. Like, yeah. I sit on the couch. Like, I don't I just sit up in my bed and I don't know what it, I, th- I don't know. It's, it's really like, bad for our posture though. Yeah, it's Ergonomically. Terrible. It's, it's awful. Terrible. <laughs> like I always think that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be like, whenever I go to the like chiropractor, acu- acupuncturist, but I bought like, we, we have a guest room and I had been like, um, I'd been like, Oh, I'm going to turn it into an office. And I like bought all the furniture and I never once went in there. And, and my husband was like, if you don't use this room as an office in like the next three months, then you lose, then you, it reverts back to me to do what I want with it. And I get to like <laughs> decorate it and make it a guest room again. And I was like, all right, fine. And then I never did. And he, it reverted back. So I don't know if I'll ever have like, it'd be nice to have like, but I think I should do it like a, like a, you know, like a couch and it, you know, and not make it feel like an office. Uh, yeah. I did get a, a big board. It's in my dining room, actually, so that I could put postcards up. I would like to do... I mean, because I had that a small helpful. one. I that think- was helpful. The small ones, I, like... It, it was so frustrating, but the big one, I'm, like, able to put stuff up and even other stuff, like, other just, like, reminders of... Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, and also, like, we use, you know, in our room, we use the... Um, on Tell Me a Story, we use, like, the magnetic boards with the cards, and I would love that, like, because then you could just, like, everything's magnetized, mm-hmm. so one day when we, when we buy our house, I was like, I'm going to have, like, one of those, but... Um, yeah. And also I have this really weird quirk about when I write, like, it's so weird. I like, it's, it's gotten a little, like, I've had to kind of stop doing it lately because I find myself more distracted, but I, I leave the TV on when I write. Oh, that's interesting. Like it can't be something I haven't seen before. It has to be something like that I've seen a lot and I like. But it's like it's and it becomes just pure background noise. And if it's like a really intense deadline or it's a really like it's a rewrite, it's like it's a final polish or a rewrite or something I'm struggling with, then I'll turn it off and I just put it on like singer songwriter radio. But nothing like nothing like it's that has to be something that I've heard like a million. Like I have this like this like singer that I always listen to and it's like a Pandora station and it just plays the same songs over and over that I've heard a million times. But, um, there's something about that white noise, but I'm always, and I like, I was like, I'm always amazed at people who can like make playlists to like go along. I'm like, who has, I don't know. No, I don't have time (laughs) to do that. Um, how has being staffed influenced your own personal projects? Oh yeah. That's another thing I wanted to know. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I mean, my, you know, like, I mean, if you look at my credits, obviously there's no like, like master plan behind it. Like, I think like, you know, so many, I remember not being able to get a showrunner meeting that for this show that I really wanted to write on. And I was like, I know I'd been, I'd been perfect for it. And I remember like the showrunner was like, or my agent, he told, they told the agents that like he just wouldn't read me because of my credits, you know? And, um, and you know, cause they were like not sexy as they like to say, um, sexy credits, like, you know, Breaking Bad or, you know, Mad Men or Sopranos. And I was like, if I, if we got to choose the jobs we wanted, like I took the, and you know, and I learned so much. And so I think like for me, like being staffed, like probably tell me a story, like, you know, it's a thriller, it's psychological. It's probably the closest to like, I've ever been on to something that like I would actually create or write, you know, like, um, because, you know, I was on like a sci-fi fantasy show for two years, which was like, you, you know, if you'd asked me like before that job and I loved it, it taught me so much about like being able to write outside my style and about writing, you know, like, you know, soap and writing as far as my own projects. Like, I don't really think I like with staffing, I think like if I'm like looking to staff, I kind of like, at least the last time I was looking to staff, I had not written a, a, an original script in a long time. And I was like, I really want to write something that kind of reflects who I am as a novelist at this point, because like, I, like, yes, you can see what I did in my novels, but like a lot of people don't want to read a novel or, you know, like they really want to make sure you can read a TV spec. So when I decided, I really enjoyed your novels. So oh, thank you. <laughs> um, that was so nice. Um, but you know, people are like, attention spans are short. Right. And they're like, yeah. or they're like, I just want to see what they can do in a script, which I get, you yeah. know, you want to make sure that like, cause novels can be different. Obviously it's a very different format. And so, but when I set out to write this pilot, 
I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to do, it's not going to be like a standard cop drama or a, you know, and it was very like, I knew when I finished it that the question people would be asked, would ask was what is the show? (laughs) And I was like, fine, they can ask it. Um, and I'll have an answer, but it was very like, I, I didn't outline. That was the only script I've ever written that I didn't outline that I just wrote. And like, was like, this is like a very different type of story. And it worked. I mean, that script got me so probably more meetings than any script I've ever written since I started. And I was really happy with it. And so I think like, I, you know, it used to be back in the day when I was first staffing, it would be like, what do I need in my arsenal of like, you know, like, oh, I have my, you know, when I first started, I have my like, oh, my serious, you know, drama and like, oh, now I need to write my like soap, you know, like my, um, and I, and I think a lot of that too was because I was figuring out who I was as a writer. Like I wouldn't probably go back and have write a soap, like a straight soap now, because that's not really what I, what I do and what I kind of where I want to go. Um, and so, but I do think, I do think I'm always kind of like, what, like even now I'm like, what's next. I don't really know as far as TV, what I want to write, like for my own original stuff. Like I have a couple of ideas, but they're all sort of in the same family of what I've already written. So then I'm like, Oh, I could write that, but it's, it's a different script. It's a different story. But so it's, it's kind of about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Well, and that's what I was also going to ask for like people just starting out and like applying to the fellowships. Do you recommend that, that you are writing similar stuff? Like, like if you, you know, if you don't know what you want to write yet, but you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm writing comedies pretty good. Should, should they, do you recommend writing a couple comedies? Or yes. Do you, okay. I think, I think writers, especially when they're starting out and I, and, and you know, there's like in the same way, like when actors are like, I don't want to be typecast. I'm like, you would be the luckiest person alive if you can be typecast because like that means you're going to get work. Like people are like, Oh, we want this type. We want this type. And it is a little bit like that in writing. If you hate you know, half hour, you know, broadcast comedies, like don't write a half hour broad. You know, if you know you don't want to do a cop procedural, like don't write that pilot, like write the edgy, you know, gritty thing that you want to staff on because it, you know, the thing is, is that like, if you write that, you could still get on a cop procedural. They'll be like, he's great. She's great. Let's get her, you know, she can write this because you know, it's easier to go softer. It doesn't kind of work the other way around. Like if you write something softer, you know, that they're like, Ooh, let's put her on this edge. You know, it doesn't kind of work the opposite direction, but I think it is about like, I do think in some ways that's what hurt me. I mean, hurt me, whatever. Like I was learning, you know, I was trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to be as a writer, but I think it made my, you know, staffing options and because I wasn't clear in who I was. And so I think as a writer, like it's hard because sometimes you're discovering your voice, but, and discovering those stories that you want to tell. And, but you know, I, I think most writers who are starting out shouldn't be like, Oh, I wrote an, I wrote a dramedy, like this is us. And then I wrote like a hard, you know, like a, you know, a breaking bad type pilot because like, I really can do that too. Like they want to be able to see like, you know, clearly who you are and then obviously then you can go out and brand your, you know, and like break free from that if it feels like it. But I think it is, it is important to kind of focus on the one thing that you're like, I know I can do this really well. I think it probably must also help if you're focusing on something that you're interested in writing too. If you're not, if, if you don't really enjoy a particular genre, like why would you spend time doing that? Cause then if you do get hired, <laughs> even if you're good at it, no, like, it's true. Well, and like, I would never want to write straight procedural, like, like, you know, and, and that's what I said, that was my first job. And I, and I was like kind of trying to make myself that like, you know, cause I wrote like, you know, when I got into the Warner brothers workshop, I got in with a Friday night lights spec and then they were like, you know, at, at that time they were like, you can write, they gave us a list of like six Warner Brothers shows that we could write new samples for. And like, so I chose the only one that I was like, all right, I'll do like, they were like, but pick something that's different from what you've done. And so we did a cop, I did a cop procedure. I did the closer and I didn't enjoy writing that. And I, it wasn't a natural fit for me. And then I got on a cop show and I like, you know, cold case and that was a very relationship drama show. But at the end of the day, it's still, it was still a procedural. It was still a very like, who's the killer? Who's the, you know, and it wasn't a natural fit for me as far as like, and I, and I struggled on that show as my first job. And when I got into other shows and I started doing like the client list and, and, you know, shadow hunters, even though they were so vastly different, it was, it was a much easier fit. Oh, this is about character. This is about relationship. And even now, like, you know, on tell me a story, like, yes, it's a thriller. Yes. It's murder and you know, whatever. 
but there's always real, like, you know, Kevin Williamson, my uh, boss is like, it's always based in character, grounded in character. What's the character moments? What's the heart? What's the, which is where I write from. So I think it's, I think it is about, you are, you're hundred percent right. You will be so miserable if you're on a show that's not a right fit. Like it's not a fun job. If you're on something that you're like, cause you're not pitching the way you want to pitch. Cause it's not the stories you want to tell. Do you think that your background as an actor is one of the reasons that you really enjoy character um, driven shows? Absolutely. And I think like, I think like I'm just one of those people who like loves human behavior and watching how people react and how they're. um, And so I think like a hundred percent, like it's, it's, and you know, I think so much of like acting, like, you know, my first script that I ever wrote and I mean, I'd written other features, but my first TV script got me into the Warner brothers workshop. And I think it was just because also for anybody entering the fellowships, like write a spec you love of a show you absolutely love. I say that too. Also make sure it's a spec that has like legs for like, you know, cause sometimes like I know a couple of like, you know, I teach writing at script anatomy and I know a couple of, um, some people were doing killing Eve and I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. And then like, as we started talking about it, like it was first season was amazing, but it's a tricky show to do later. Right. So sometimes you can love a show, but like it might just be a show you love, but not a show you should write. And so I think it's also analyzing that too, because you know, when people say, Oh, what's your favorite, you know, what show do you want to write? Sometimes I'm like, you know, like my friend works on, on a, on a great show. I won't say, cause who knows I could work on it, but it's a great show. But I've always said to her, like, I don't know if I could write that. She's like, I always think you'd be great on it. And I'm like, it's a very complicated mythology based show that I'm like, I love watching, but even watching I'm like, this would be hard to do. So I think it's, you know, and it's just, and also just like finding what you love, you know, finding those stories you love to tell. What are some of the best ways coming into writing that you learned structure and what ways, especially because you teach at Script Anatomy, like young writers, like actors wanting to venture into writing, like to really learn structure? So I'm 100% about taking classes. And, you know, there's really like there's almost no excuse now not to take like even if you live in like, you know, like Oklahoma or Texas you know, script anatomy offers online classes and they offer payment plans. UCLA offers online classes. Like there's so many ways there's also books and scripts like, and you know, you, I think reading a lot of scripts is super helpful, but there's something about having someone, you know, like the, like just the structure alone. I really kind of learned, I mean, even in Bruce's class, just the, the class that I took was breaking story. We didn't even write a script in this class. Cause I was like, I know how to write a script. Like once I know how, once I know how to like organize it and write an outline and a beat sheet and all of those things, but like, I need to know how to do that. And so I think really just studying in the way that you would study. I've, what I've, what I've loved about being at script anatomy is that I get to watch these writers who come in and like, they're good. They're all like, you know, cause they're all professionals. Most of them are, have other careers, but watching that evolution. Cause some people have taken, like have taken th- two or three classes with me classes with other teachers. So by the time they're, you know, they've taken 10 classes, I mean, they're ready to be professional writers. So I think it's really about studying the craft in the same way. So many people are like, oh, I'm just going to write a script and get it sold and get it made. And it's just not like that. Um, it's, I mean, it's not. And like, I think there's like, and also the, I think the like worst part about like the business shifting, it used to be like you had to write a spec of an existing show and you could get a job on a show. Like you could get hired to be a writer on a show, but also you could get into these fellowships. And now that, it's been like, it's very creator driven. Oh, you need a pilot. You need a pilot. A lot of younger writers, I think every young writer should write specs and learn how to write a, a great spec and learn how to mimic because you can have the best voice in the world as a, as a, you know, a creator of your own work. But if you can't get in the room and mimic your boss's voice, you're, you know, you're going to be out. They're going to be like, he, he or she's great, but they, they just could never get the tone. Of, and I've seen right that happen to writers. So I think it's like learning those, those things is really important. And then joining a writer's group, like joining some, or f- even if you can't join a writer's group, finding two or three people, like I still have writers who I will be like, Hey, can I send you something? And will you read it? And some of them aren't even working writers yet. They're like people who I think should be. And you know, if the world was just, they would be, but, um, I'm like, I value your opinion. I know you know my work and I know you know the flaws in my work and, you know, how to make it better. And so I think it's finding those people who can be like, 
my sister's one of those people. Like she'll be like, mm, this wasn't good enough. And then I get mad at her and then I'm like, you're right. And then I make changes and, um, and then she's like, you wanted my help. Uh, and I'm like, I did, but I just really wanted you to say it's great, but all right, I guess it's not great. And then you have to go back and fix it. So I send my scripts to my sisters too, and they have nothing to do with the business. Oh, that's, but sometimes that's <laughs> the best, right? right? Because then they're just yeah. reading it like normal people yeah. who are like, wait, I don't understand what's happening exactly. here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Having an outsider eye sometimes is the best because I feel like it helps you. I talk to my brother a lot about like career stuff and things that I'm going through and he's he's a salesman, um, which I guess is great in a certain way um, because they are used to selling its products. But and we're and as actors, you sell yourself or as right. creators, you're selling, you know, something that you've made. Um, but yeah, he sometimes has the best insight. I'm like. Oh, never thought of it. That I way. never perspective, thought right? about. Well, we got to get out of our bubble, <laughs> right? Well, it's so. I feel like we've talked about this recently with someone else too. But like getting getting outside of the bubble and being around people who are quote unquote normal and not a part of the industry is so vital to growing and to learning and to. I mean, how many times do you write people in the industry? Like. Oh, as characters? Yeah. Yeah, very, very, very rarely. Yeah, <laughs> so like, you need to know like, what... People are like, oh, I want to tell a story about... I'm like, don't tell that story. Like, there's plenty of people who can tell the Hollywood inside baseball story who are more <laughs> Hollywood inside than you are. So, like, the interesting stories are the unique stories that you bring to it. And that's, you know, that's what I'm always like whenever people are like, oh, I have this idea about this. And I'm like, no. Bear, like, uh, what's his name? Um, Barry. Uh, uh, Bill Hader. Yeah, he can tell that story, right? Like, he's the perfect person to tell. Like, he's been doing it for a while. For, you know. Uh, so good. It isn't is it? Amazing. So good. I know. Such it's a good show. Especially for actors, people who oh. were actors. Like, I don't know if you guys saw this week. You know, but with I, the haven't, I haven't watched there's the new still, one I won't yet. give anything away, me. but there's this say. great monologue about you know that that she gives about like her her you know him getting an audition and how it makes her feel I'm really happy for you but I'm also really so seething with jealousy and it's just like the perfect just the perfect I was encapsulation thinking about I was, sorry we're gonna talk about Barry for a second that's it's totally <laughs> so okay. about how like it's making fun of like all the crazy things in the acting world but I'm I'm like they are so truthful about they're not they're not making fun of themselves in like a ha ha way. Like they all have these, these actors have experienced classes like this or whatnot, and they are like, no, this person really wants this or really believes right. this. Like it, it's, I think it's just brilliant. It's, I think it's, it's so, so. Every time I watch it, I'm like, if, especially as you know, an actor turned writer, you're yes. like, this is so brilliant. You yeah, like, captured it perfectly. Right? Well, I mean, and it's we should just, just go ahead and open up an invitation right now to Bill Hader if you want to come right? and be on our podcast. Yes. We would love to hear Absolutely. about being in the writers' room from you too and that experience. Yeah. So I'm well, just going to put that I'm, in the universe, I think just out into the universe. Yeah, I think, never yeah. hurts. Right. Well, Holly, where can people find you online? So they can find my website at www.hollyoverton.com, Holly with an IE. Uh, And I'm also on Twitter uh, at Holly Overton. So I offer writing advice and um, all sorts of things. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for thank taking so the much. time this after so your, fun. yeah, I'm, after your long time. day at work. <laughs> yeah. She, she's us. a trooper. <laughs> you can tell she's a hard worker because she never stops. Um, but we appreciate you taking the time to sit with us. Thank you very much. Thank Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.